All right, everybody, welcome back to the BDSM show, our second episode. Uh, first off, before we get into everything, uh, we want to thank all of our friends, our family, everybody who's listened to the show. We've started this thing from scratch. We had a fan base of two, his wife and my wife. Uh, so everything we've got from here is just, it's, it's all bonus. Uh, we started just to have fun. Anybody that chimes in and has fun listening to it is a bonus for us. Uh, so we thank every single one of you for tuning in. We are well over 100 views for our first episode in four days. So you guys are amazing. That impresses me. I mean, I two weeks ago didn't even know really what a podcast was. And uh, now I know all about it. And you guys are uh, blowing my mind. You guys so are amazing. It. And word of mouth, you guys have spread the word so much. Uh, you're probably the biggest reason that we have 120 listens, over 120 listens in the first four days. Uh, word of mouth is the most powerful advertising, and we have the best advertisers on our side. Uh, to push the social media a little bit, uh, we have at BDSM Show on Twitter and on Facebook. You can reach us at facebook.com slash BDSM Show, and you can find us in the iTunes store now, officially listed as of today. And uh, if you go into the iTunes store and just search Billy and Devo, uh, if you'll you, find us. We're the only listing. Yeah. If you search BDSM, you're going to get some interesting replies. <laughs> you you so. may have to pick through a couple of them before you find ours. Uh, we may be the second or third page down at this point. Yeah. So um, I, I would suggest just searching Billy and Devo for sure to get us on iTunes. So anyway, now that we've gotten that out of the way. Uh, we were going to start with the uh, the NFL draft was this past weekend. Uh, Devin, I know you had a chance to go to the Buccaneers draft. I did. Party. I got I got invited to go as a VIP guest uh, to the Buccaneers draft party down at the stadium. They host at Raymond James Stadium. There, it was kind of nice. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I learned one thing about myself that I am not responsible enough for free beer. Um, <laughs> it's probably better that I pay for it because uh, then when I run out of money, I can't keep drinking beer. Um, so that was pretty cool. It was free fear, free food. Uh, got to go out on the field. Um, they had giveaways and stuff like that. They had uh, the jumbotrons going. Uh, it was really a uh, really fun time. Um, I, you know, after the Buccaneers made their pick, um, the place emptied out pretty quickly. Um, I hung around to the end of the first, uh, the end of the first round. It was pretty fun. Um, I enjoyed watching uh, Blake Bortles get picked. Thought that was a really, really interesting pick. Uh, you know, being from Florida, there were a lot of uh, you know Central Florida fans that were excited to see him go third. Which, of you know, I was kind of half and half on whether he should go that high or not. But um, seems like you know a good dude could take a lick. He's the right size to make it in the NFL. So yeah, absolutely. I um, I as a USF fan, I actually have found a way to not hold a grudge against him, even playing for the uh, the Golden Shower Knights. Uh, he showed to me that he's got balls of steel. Uh, he had several games where he led game-ending drives to either win the game or ice the game. He uh, he showed toughness in the pocket, would hold tight in the pocket, take a big shot just to get a pass out and, and make a good, strong pass completion, pick up a big first down, or even throw for a touchdown. Uh, he did that, I believe, in the Baylor game uh, in their Fiesta Bowl. Where he just he kept drifting out of the pocket, buy more time, buy more time. His receiver came open just as he was ready to throw it, and he had his arm up, you know, over his head, making the throw, exposing the whole underside there. Took a lick, you know, just took a big shot, and still he delivered like 
picture-perfect pass, ended up going for a big score, big gain or a big score. Um, so he showed me a lot as a quarterback. Uh, I was I felt bad for him that he had to go to Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> Nobody wants to go to Jacksonville. It's, it's fantastic that uh, you can stay in your home state and you can go to a team that is, what, 45 minutes from where you played in college. All you your college fans of, can You can sell a lot of jerseys. Yeah. Yep. You can you can you know you can drive right up the highway to go see the the guy you watched in in college. His family is you know localized; they can go see him play, and that's that's all well and good. But he's still playing for the Jaguars, so <laughs> that that newness to all that that all these fans are like, oh yeah, we'll go watch him play for the Jaguars. That was our guy in in college, and lasts for about two games. And when he's getting his brains beat in, and they're getting blown out week after week, and, and he spends four years there miserable playing for a crap team, it just, the shtick gets old. And the Jaguars are one of those teams that have just managed to suck. <laughs> yeah, they do their best. It's really got to be the time. a, a it's, hard... It is. It's a hard thing to do. Because when you suck in the NFL, you get a top shot at the best player's the next year. Yep. And it's not like the NBA where, okay, we're one of the five worst teams. There's a draft lottery. You get a certain number of ping pong balls, and if you're lucky, <laughs> you get the first pick. If you're the worst team in the NFL, you get the first pick in the draft. Unless yep. you were stupid and traded you know, traded that pick away <laughs> to get some player who helped you be in last place the year before. <laughs> right. You know, So it takes some skill to be bad for a really long time. Yep, I agree. And the Lions were the poster boy for that up until a couple years ago when they finally made the playoffs. And now you've got the Browns, the Raiders, and the Jaguars are just like, if you had a poster boy for bad management, bad teams, bad franchises, it's those three teams. So yep. I felt bad for him that that's where he ended up going. But, you know, he'll have a chance to, to make his impact. I thought... Uh, the other guy I felt a little bad for, which I kind of felt good watching him drop as far as he did, because uh, I loved watching him, you know, clear his collar and take a sip of his water and check his oh, phone. It was Johnny Manziel. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. I, I mean, um, you know, the, I thought it was funny that once the um, once the Cowboys passed on him, I, th- I, I thought it was pretty funny how all the other teams underneath were like, you know, he could probably make a good fit here. Um, I'm kind of glad he went to the Browns because I feel like he deserves the Browns. Um, and because uh, the Browns have been pretty irrelevant for you know, like you uh, you know, like you said to me on the phone um, since the expansion. I, yeah, since I came back, really, they've been yeah. awful. Um, I was, as a Cowboys fan, relieved that Jerry Jones didn't make the dumb pick, which is picking up a quarterback that he's not going to play right away anyway. And right. the reason for that is he's got tons of money locked up in Tony Romo, and and. I love Romo. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. I think he takes more heat than than really he deserves. And some of that he's brought on himself for untimely interceptions. <laughs> but, I mean, there's been times he wasn't – they wouldn't even been in the game if it wasn't for Romo. You know, uh, the last couple of years, they he wouldn't also... even be in the playoff hunt if it weren't for his – two years ago, he won three, four, five games in the fourth quarter coming down the stretch to even – even get to have a chance to play for the playoff spot in the final game of the season. So I think he takes a lot of unnecessary heat. But that put aside, 
he is Romo's uh, Romo is uh, Jerry Jones's uh, boy toy, if you will. Like he's his BFF. He's the guy that when they couldn't find a quarterback with Parcells to kind of pull them out of mediocrity, Romo was that guy. In 07, he led them to 13-3 and and, and set all kinds of Cowboys single-season, you know, passing records and everything like that. And that, I think, kind of bought him carte blanche with Jerry Jones. He can be awful, and Jerry Jones, and this is not to say Romo's awful, I think he's he's easily... You know, Average. It, it's hard to say top ten quarterbacks because there's a lot of really good quarterbacks, and once you get after five, you kind of you can make yeah. a case for ten quarterbacks being in the next five. I feel like he's definitely top twelve in the league, um, but he could be awful, and Jerry Jones is just gonna you know give him whatever he wants. <coughs> He'll give him uh, stock in the team. And he's got a ton of money locked up into him. You know, before last season, he gave him just this ridiculously big contract which just locked him in so there was no way if he drafted Manziel he's not even seeing the field for at least another year or two it would have been a wasted pick when they have more more needs elsewhere so I was relieved uh, I got nervous when Manziel fell that far and I went all oh, crap here we go Jerry's gonna be Jerry he's gonna come back around and <clears throat> pick a name just to sell jerseys because that's yep. what Jerry's about he's about the bottom line yeah and he's not a great football mind. When they passed on him, number one, my jaw dropped because I thought for sure, lock it in. Manziel falls that far, he's going to grab him. Yep. Uh, but then after that, it becomes, well, if the Cowboys don't want him and Jerry's not going to make that pick, then who is? is yeah, who's going to take a chance on this guy? And so this is now, I think this is the second or third time Cleveland has traded back up to make a second pick in the first Two round. first rounds, yep. And choose a quarterback. They did like it with it. Brady it's Quinn good. when Brady Quinn fell, and we see how Brady Quinn worked out. <laughs> I think you know it takes you know you got to risk. You know if you don't if there's nothing ventured, there's nothing gained. So I like I like yeah, the move to, to get him. But um, did you see the Lions pick and Barry Sanders? Bless his heart. Yes. Um, I was I was a little bit embarrassed for him, um, especially because you know how am I supposed to explain to my son that that was the greatest running back in the history of the game? Yeah, you know, and he can barely see over the podium. So. And I honestly, when I saw it, I thought I might be the only person that thought <laughs> um, they couldn't. I don't know, turn the mic down for him. <laughs> yeah, Jason was the one you who know? pointed that out to me, and I at least it pointed it down. Come on, man, because he's uh, he's he's five nine on a good day, wearing you know two inch heels on his shoes. <laughs> and this podium was clearly set for Roger Goodell, who. I don't know his exact stats, but he's probably 6'2", 6'3", maybe 6'4". So the mic's set up, and it looks like Barry's just, like, standing on his tippy toes to get yeah. to get the pick in, yep. you know? Like, yeah, he's like a tiny, like a child, and I was... So anyway, I, I thought it was great to see him. Um, I wish that they had put it left a milk crate out or a phone book for him to stand on. Something, yeah, absolutely. Save, save him some embarrassment. Like, I'm um, sorry, Barry. You know, and I, I will say this. I'm glad he's actually... Uh, come he's back actually, around. In, in the public eye now because yeah. for such a long time after he retired you know there was nothing everybody there was only speculation why he did and he wouldn't go anywhere near the media he's just that's always how he's been he's always been a quiet guy so I kind of get it but I'm glad that he's now he's now back in the public eye if only for the fact that it's it's interesting to see when the greats of the game 
talk yeah. about things that they see in the game today and their their take on it and how it compares to what they dealt with in their time. I just yep. I'm I'm a sucker for that. Me too. So Yep. Um the other one I was interested in for the draft was Michael Sam. And uh, I thought it was interesting that there's like all of these stories about, you know, the first openly gay NFL player and he kissed his boyfriend. Oh no. You know, yeah. I just thought it was kind of silly that um you know, that the media would grab that like it did. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I think that it was honestly touching, you know, that he was, that he could do that. I'm like, I'm not a PDA guy, probably like you. Yeah. Um, but if I get drafted by the NFL, Billy, and you happen to be the guy who's standing next to me, I'm probably going to kiss you. Absolutely. Slap it on so. me. <laughs> throw, you know, throw me a check so, afterwards, but yep. slap it on me. Go for and, it. Um, and I thought, I thought it was endearing and I hope that it's not a distraction, because um, if it's not a distraction, then you know, then we've come a long way. Yeah. But I have a feeling that it's going to be an issue. Well, so. it, what bothers me? There's two things that bothers me, and it, it kind of touches on what you were talking about. Uh, number one, there's people making it out like this is some criminal activity that ESPN and in the NFL Network were committing some felony or killing somebody by showing him kissing his partner, his boyfriend, fiance, or whatever he is. I think I've heard they're engaged or whatever. But kissing him after he got the phone call. People have never made this an issue when some guy gets drafted. And it happens every year when there's someone who falls way farther than they were supposed to. Some big name that they thought for sure would go in the second round, and he falls to the third, fourth, or fifth round. And... You know, they have the courage to stick with the, the camera. They get picked, they turn around, they kiss their girlfriend, hug their mom. Yeah. You know, and go back and talk to coach on the phone. And it's never been an issue until it's a gay guy who wants to kiss his boyfriend. Why is this an issue? It shouldn't be. He's gay. Deal with it. Yeah. He's, it's 2014. Jeez yeah, It's not like they showed him pulling down his pants and, <laughs> and getting after it. Right. It was Which, nothing but a harmless kiss. And so, and if that was if that was two chicks, we wouldn't even be we would be having this conversation on a whole another level. Yeah. Yeah, you got that double standard. <clears throat> the other thing that bothers me about it is the media that has to latch on to it and just blow it up. Like, oh my god, look how awesome this is. He he kissed his boyfriend and yada 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 and let's talk about it for hours. Big deal. Do you blow it up? Again, do you blow it up when the average average straight guy turns around and kisses his girlfriend when he gets drafted? No. no. You go, oh, that's endearing. He's happy. He's so excited. He's emotional. His yeah. girlfriend loves him for it, of course, because she's going to get millions out of it. Yeah, dreams uh, came true. You know, so what's the big deal? I feel like people are making it bigger than it needs to be. I agree. Um, I wanted to... I This weekend, actually, I'm going on a mud run. Now, this is one of those, like, 5K races that goes to the dirt, and you have to, like climb over things and swim through things. It's not... There's some that are super extreme. Um, The one I signed up for, I think, is one of the more mild ones. There's no, like, alligators or tasers or, you know, fire pits you have to climb through. Um, Well, that's a shame. (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to get your opinion. I know your wife had mentioned wanting to do one eventually. Um, Yeah. Have you ever thought about it? Well, we've thought about it, and I'm the type of person that uh, is our good friend Mike Crambone 
told me before our wedding, uh, just remember one thing, happy wife, happy life. I believe in that most of the time. I agree. Uh, being a stubborn, bullheaded male that I am, I will argue some things, but she, uh, we were looking into it a couple months back. She wanted to, to go, to, and it turned out it was like some, some faked up zombie run sponsored by oh, The Walking yeah, Dead yeah. at the Sun Dome, and you got to pay like $100 for one person to run through it. And it was nothing but an obstacle course. And uh, so we ended up passing on that. But we were looking into mud runs. I just, the thing for me is I'm extremely out of shape. And you, you look at my uh, sweet, sexy, 6'2", 175-pound physique, and you think, man, he's in shape. I'm not. I think that I'm really I do not. when I see your physique. You know, like I was telling you earlier, we finally opened up space in the garage for the heavy bag, and I was gassed after, you know, halfway through the second five-minute round. And I'm thinking, holy crap, what have I got myself into? Just gassed. I don't, I don't know that I could pull off a 5K mud run running through obstacles and, you know, diving in the mud pit and climbing over walls and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm probably going to puke. Not to mention, I don't... Why run through the mud? You could run run on a sidewalk. <laughs> it's clean. I have a hard enough time running on the sidewalk, so it should be interesting to see people try to push my fat ass over a pile of pallets or whatever <laughs> it is. You know, hay bales or, you know, parkour nonsense so i you know I've, I've always wanted to do one because i you know it just looks interesting i have a feeling i'll get to the first one and then i'll just end up walking the rest of the way and be like where's the beers of course so um that's how i treat any 5k honestly <laughs> right you get through the first hundred yards and you go what am i doing here god <laughs> the um i'll um i'll post some pictures and whatnot uh after it happens i'll send i'll, I'll send some pictures up to the twitter twitter machine and uh see about getting it on facebook as well um, so that should be pretty fun. <clears throat> the other um, the other part I wanted to get to, and we have a little bit of time left now, is uh, a little game we like to play called Who Would Win in a Fight? Uh, where we can pair up um, real people, fake people, animals. I mean, the sky is really the limit uh, as far as, uh, you know, how, how the discussion goes. So it could go as simple as who would win in a fight... Um, uh, you say George Washington versus um, Abraham Lincoln. Okay, uh, and we just talk about honest know, how, Abe all the way. How it would by go. the way, I, I'm going to put Abe in there too, just because I think he's got the reach. Yeah, yeah he's like, wow, well, I don't I know, he's a freak, man. He was like six six. George Washington yep. wouldn't even get on that. Uh, he's got a solid that chin. wingspan, you know. So yeah. you kind of get the idea of how it goes. It, Plus, you know, I'm not biased at all. People have told me with my beard I look a little like Abe Lincoln, but honest Abe. I'm I'm definitely not uh, biased at all by that. Uh, oh, for the record, uh, my wife would indeed win in a fight with me. So. Oh, sure. My wife oh, has won in a fight with me. So she would take me to the yeah. woodshed for sure. Yep, absolutely. Your wife, your wife would win in a fight with me. I would just run and cry. Yeah, just cry in a corner, curl up in the fetal position, and baby, please don't hurt me too bad. Yeah. Yep. Not in the face. Not in the face. Yeah, that's my money maker. <laughs> yes. Hello. Um, who do you think would win in a fight? Rocky versus Rambo. Well, you know, Rocky's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate underdog story to start right. to the the people's champion. He could and take a he could take a beating. 
Philadelphia was lame enough to put a statue of him, a fictional character, in their NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rambo's just brutal, man. Like, Throat rips and yeah. the most recent Rambo, he built his own machete. Yeah, uh, it was nasty. Hey, he was just brutal. If we're talking, even if we're talking fist fight, Rambo's got the, the hand-to-hand combat. Uh, yeah, my heart snap your neck before you blink. So I, I would want to say Rocky just because he's the people's champ. Right, my heart says Rocky, but, but if I'm just, putting money on it, I gotta go Rambo. Yeah, realistically, I gotta think Rambo takes that fight uh, John, at least nine out of ten times. John Rambo wins. I mean, if they've got gloves on and it's a boxing match, okay, we'll give it to Rocky. But I think Plus, anything. But then again, you remember when Rocky fought Tommy the Machine Gun Morrison? I mean, yeah. that was a street fight. It was, uh, well, yeah, but that was know. his protege. I mean, he taught him that's, what he that's what true. Okay. Uh, All right, all right. Plus, you, you also have the thing where Rambo doesn't need the uh, the 80s montage to, <laughs> right. to get physically ready to yeah. fight somebody. Mm-hmm. He's just he's ready right from you know mm-hmm. the drop of the gloves. He's ready to go. Right, because if no one's there to play the theme music... Rocky doesn't make it out of he's round done. two. He's screwed. Yeah, he, he can't make, make it up the steps. Yeah. That that was actually the uh, on the outtakes for the first Rocky. He doesn't make <laughs> it up the steps without the, the background yeah. music. Mm-hmm. I um I do I can't let Rocky go without doing my Rocky impression. Okay. Uh, and then we'll go to the next one. So, uh, hey, you knock him down. Won't you try knocking me down? So Knocked it out of the park. That, that's it. all. Thank you. Um, that was, how I about, thought. I honestly, I thought Sylvester Stallone was was on the mic there. You know what? He was actually. He just left. <laughs> Me and Sly were uh, special we're guest actually, star, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. Um, who do you think would win in a fight? Uh, Tony Stark versus Bruce Wayne. Now, let me give you some caveats. Um, they are both at Starbucks, yep. and they're both ordering a drink, yep. and uh, they bump into each other. Things escalate. Who wins in a fight? If we're just talking the average neighborhood Starbucks where superheroes right. don't just show up in their armor. Exactly. Yep. No Batmobile. I, no, I would, uh, no armor suit. I would have to lean towards Bruce Wayne only because, uh, not to say Tony Stark's not in shape. He could be. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. looks fantastically in shape as Tony Stark. But... He is an alcoholic, <laughs> yep. uh, so I've got to think his fitness level isn't all there. Most of his talent is with the Iron Man suit itself, whereas Bruce Wayne so is actually smart. Uh, yeah, they're both you know incredibly genius. genius. Yeah. But Bruce Wayne is more—he's more martial artsy, so I think he would be—he'd be more well equipped for a average met you on the street. Bumped into you in Starbucks, and you took mm-hmm. my latte, bro. Fist yeah. fight. I just, exactly, exactly. I think he's more. If we put up suits, it, it's got to be Iron Man all the way because, well, Batman's got his cool little gadgety belt. Uh, Iron Man has, you know, tomahawk missiles pop out of his <laughs> yeah. arm slots. So. I got it. I think, although, um, if if um, Bruce Wayne had time to to think about, it, he might come up with a countermeasure for the suit. But I think. You got to give the, the uh, Iron Man the edge over Batman, whereas you know you got to give Bruce Wayne the edge over Tony Stark. Absolutely, I think we can agree on that one. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, this one is one of my favorites. I ask this one every time I get into this game. Um, I ask all my buddies, uh, "Who wins in a fight, 
John McClane or Jason Bourne? Okay. Uh, I'll be upfront and honest with everybody. I've only seen Jason Bourne. I've seen the first one once, sitting all the way through it, and a couple times just sitting, seeing bits and pieces. I have seen every Die Hard movie, so I'm kind of biased towards John McClane, only because it it doesn't seem like it matters what happens to him. The heart. He he's indestructible. Yeah. Plus, he knows who he is, so that helps. That's true. Now, if it was a contest of who could solve the quadratic equation faster, I think Jason Bourne wins because he's got like you know computer brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and if it's this is you know if the Royal Rumble's going down in like you know Prague as opposed to New York City, you got to give the edge to Jason. But if it's uh, I don't know. Did you see the last? Did you see the last Die Hard? Actually, it, I didn't see the last one. It went down in Russia. It was him and his son, and he still kicks some pretty major ass. Uh, the other thing that gets me about McLean, um, I don't know if you saw, I'm pretty sure you saw Live Free and Die Hard. Yeah, I did see that one. Uh, to kill the final boss, if you will, the movie yeah. villain, he actually he the took the, the gun barrel, put it into a bullet wound already in his shoulder, and fired through himself just to kill the other guy. So, I mean, I the toughness has got to go to him. I... I just, there's no way, I can't give it to Bourne. I'm sorry. We're, I know we're he's forgetting. a killer, but... <laughs> he is a, like assassin. Uh, yeah. We also are forgetting that McLean has a catchphrase, so... I was going to bring that up, yeah, too. I think that, you know, having a catchphrase really helps your toughness, you know, especially yeah. if it's a good one, like like John McLean. Well, especially if you can say, you know, yippee ki yay MF-er, and then... Melon pop farmer, a, yeah, right. Pop around through your own shoulder to kill the other guy. I... I'm sorry, That's that takes a cake for me. I can't give it to anybody else. He could be fighting um, Iron Man in his armored suit. I still got to give it to McClane. You know, right. he, would, he would find a way to launch a car at a helicopter and have the helicopter crash into Iron Man and kill him. He would just find a way. <laughs> now, what about uh, the last one, which um, I was thinking about today, and I actually looked up some uh, information on these two guys. Um, Barack Obama versus Vladimir Putin. Okay. Well, I think it, it's well publicized that Putin is a martial arts uh, freaking maniac. Uh, I think he's like a, a 16,000 degree black belt in Russia, if that's a thing. Um, I'm sure he made it a law that that's a thing. The thing, the, the one thing Obama would have is that he's long and gangly. And uh, it's got reach. Got a, being long and gangly myself, I've got a soft spot for that. He's, <laughs> I, it's hard to get accurate stats on these guys on the interwebs, but from what we've seen, he's like 6'4", 6'5", 180, and Putin's like 5'2", and 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah. But yep. I just think, even with the reach, I just have to think Putin would snap him in half. Uh, for what it's worth, disclaimer... Uh, I am not actually advocating for Putin beating Obama. No, no. So please, FBI and CIA, don't make me disappear. All <laughs> right. I uh, I got to give the edge to Obama. I mean, coming from Chicago, he's got the reach. Um, plus, I think he doesn't like the guy. I think, uh, you know, that that's got to play at least a little bit of a role as to, uh, you know, what's going on. So. I think at the very least he could play the underdog card. 
I think uh, Putin knows that he's he's more physically. Tail the tapes got him as a winner. Yeah, I think he he's more physically. He knows that he's he's got the edge there. Uh-huh. So I think he might underestimate Obama, and then you know Obama just pulls the nuke out of his back pocket like "gotcha, sucker." <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just have a hard time saying that Obama. I just don't see anything physically that tells me Obama could take Putin. Gotcha. All right. Well, I, I think so. Well, I have one more. I'll stop. All right. right okay. Here. Go I got, ahead. I got one more bonus one. I have bonus uh, round. And this is this is where we'll show our uh, our bias, <clears throat> our homerism, if you will. <laughs> Uh, who would win in a fight? And I probably already know your answer, but this is to instigate some of our friends. Okay. Uh, Rocky the Bull, okay. USF mascot, versus uh, old train face uh, Nitro the Golden Shower. Nitro the Golden Shower. Um, I didn't even know he had a real name. Um, I thought he was just the Golden Knight. Um, and he does have a train face. I have seen uh, Rocky get a little chippy, even with fans in the stands. Absolutely. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive. I've seen him get pretty chippy with other mascots. Um, Plus, he picks on the, the Hooters chicken owl yep. thing. Yep, when I they think have he the hit the, him in the nuts or something like that. Or uh, He does a good job. Uh, obviously, i got to go with Rocky. Um, I, you know, I don't think the Golden Knight could fight his way out of a uh, wet paper bag, so... I am with you. Unfortunately, neither can our football team. So <laughs> they have the edge there. But I do think uh, Rocky the Bull is. That's for sure. Oh, he's. If we're doing if we're doing the uh, the step up competition, <laughs> nice. stop the yard. Yeah, he Rocky Rocky will uh, serve him, if you will, mm-hmm. every time. Absolutely. Excellent. So Rocky's a feisty one. And we're about out of time, so I just wanted to make sure you guys uh, find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash bdsmshow. Uh, find us on Twitter, at bdsmshow. Um, you can email us if you'd like. It's uh, show at uh, gmail.com. Absolutely. And thank you. We'll see you guys in a week.